Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another great episode of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So glad to have you join us tonight. Really glad to do this show for you. So excited to be here. And definitely with the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, you always get an opportunity to speak to the host and let your opinion be heard. Don't be shy. Don't be nervous. Feel free to call in at any point during the show at 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516 516- 418-5572. Really glad to do this show tonight. We have a lot to discuss. Plenty going on on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show. But definitely before we get started, let me go ahead and thank our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely visit my good friend, Chef G's. Visit him at 301 South 22nd Street. Tampa, Florida, and let them know the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent you. To make it easy for you, you can pick up any one of the four wonderful flavors right at flbbqsauce.com. Then it's flbbqsauce.com. Try out the definitely the great flavors of classic honey mustard, fusion, and heat wave. So definitely let them know that the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent you. The introductory song was done by none other than Sam Scholar, right out of Maine. Really appreciate Sam Scholar and his beautiful wife, Mary, for being great supporters of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. In fact, all the musical selection you'll hear on the show is done by Sam Scholar. So without further ado, another song by Sam Scholar is the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. We're going to play that for you, and then we're going to get rocking and rolling with a fantastic show. It's the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scholar.
Counting for variety Chef G's Blowing up barbecue sauce A natural flavor Chef G's Blowing up barbecue sauce Florida gold honey mustard On burgers and ribs Tasty fusion On pork and sausage A classic taste For chicken steak tips A hot heat wave On meatballs and ham It's a cookout treat Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Serve on fish and vegetables Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce G's Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely don't forget that great sauce at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. We tremendously appreciate your support, and without further ado, we have a fantastic caller here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Let me bring him right on right now. How you doing, Lou? All right, Alan, thanks. All right, that's great to hear from you. How you been? Okay, better than last week, that's for sure. That's good. I'm glad you're doing a lot better. I know it was a real tough week yeah. for you. And I, and I apologize I couldn't call in last week, but definitely I'll be there this week. And I, I, how was do, it last I almost week? didn't think I could do it last week. I won't say I, I couldn't even do it last week because I was, I was feeling sick on Saturday morning. I didn't think, oh, boy, here it comes. So it may not have mattered. Yeah, my man fought through that. As Lou, he fought through the sickness to bring you guys a great show. And I'm glad he's feeling better and he's on the show tonight. So, yeah, yeah a lot of great things to discuss. And so what would you think about yeah. the 49ers versus the Eagles? You know, I had a feeling the 49ers were going to beat him anyway, and my suspicion was correct. So uh, to all you uh air hairs out there, ah, you lose. <laughs> yeah, they beat him and they beat him good too. And man, the 49ers, when they are all healthy, I'll say this much when yeah. they're healthy and they're clicking, they are a well oiled machine. Yes, they are. And they're going to be a tough out. That's a break for Dallas. Thanks to the Eagles. That's a break for Dallas. Yeah. And the thing about the 49ers, they got a chip on their shoulder because they felt like they should have been there last year. But those injuries yes. towards the end of the season, especially to Brock Purdy, that was the most significant one. But, yeah, they're, well, they're, they're a force. Well, what do you expect from a guy who's so history relevant? What do you what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. But it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm going to talk more about the Eagles and 49ers a bit later in the yeah. show. But, yeah. And – um. A lot going on. So another thing, too, I wanted to get your thoughts on is what did you think about the LeBron versus Udaka incident? 
Now, you're referring to, um, yeah, I couldn't get a hold of the whole article, so. Um, that's well, right. well, of course, you know, he's in the last of his career, and, you know, he just, I think, shooting his big mouth up again as usual. So it doesn't surprise me from, you know, um, you know, from his words of what he said. Because that's, that's how LeBron has been all, all this time. Just another, yeah. just another chapter in the soap opera for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh. you know, sometimes with LeBron, even when he tries to stay low key, it always seems to catch up with him somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, it's, of course. It's, he's one of those people that <laughs> drama seems to follow him, even if he's not looking for it or trouble. It's kind of like Karate Kid yeah, Part Two. Hey yeah, guys, I'm not looking for trouble, but maybe trouble looking for you. Yeah, but mercy is not for the weak. You're not trying to be merciful here. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Show my age here. Mm. And, uh, you know, John Rahm, what would you think of him signing that mega deal with Live Golf? Yeah, yeah I heard. It's another black eye from PGA, that's for sure. Yeah, just we think, think we were the last of it. Nope. It gets, you know, it gets more uglier. I think more, I think more players – are going to jump ship and go into this uh, live golf league. Oh, I yeah. I think we've seen the end of the PG as we know it. You know. You know. But at the same time, it's, you know, I find it a little bit disturbing because, as I've said before on this show and other ones, you know, we're not exactly on the same page as, you know, Saudi Arabia. Uh, you've heard of sleeping with the enemy. Well, I think that's what some of these golfers are doing. You know, I hear what you're saying. But I, I don't look at it that way. I, I look at the Saudis as, as like any group of people, there's going to be, you know, there's some great people and there's going to be some people that you kind of don't desire. That that happens here in the States too. But I wouldn't generalize and say everybody Saudi is bad because. Okay, you're right. That's a little bit, you know, but you you never know. You never know which ones might be dealing with. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You've heard of like a shrewd business deal. Well, just be sure this doesn't become a shrewd business deal. My question to you is, how does this, with a lot of players going to live golf, how does this affect Tiger's legacy? Well, Tiger isn't, you know, for the uh, LAV. He wants to stay with the with the PGA. So I think it's going to, you know, affect him. Affect him a lot much. You know, he's on the he's on the um, edge of his the end of his career now too. So. I don't think it's going to be much of a big impact for him. The way he's going now, I think he's only got like about one or two years left in him anyway. Yeah, so, I, I, very, I hate to say it, but I agree. Impact. Very little impact. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where I'm kind of glad he got his money and made his name and career yeah. while the getting was good on the PGA Tour. Because yeah. whether you love Live Golf or you hate it, it's clear to me that Live Golf is not going anywhere. They're going to be sticking around, and they have some deep pockets. One thing about the Saudis, they yeah. have deep, they have deep pockets. You can criticize them all you want, and I can tell you what facts are facts and lies are lies. The Saudis, they have money. If you they have, <laughs> they have money. They have deep pockets. So I don't see them going anywhere. And I figure more people joining the tour, Live Golf tour there's going to be an opportunity, I think, for them to grow and grow and grow because they'll, they're going to get more sponsors. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it, it's definitely a competing yeah. force with with the PGA Tour. 
I, I, I it's clear to me. Yeah, it's clear to me that it's not going to be a monopoly anymore with the PGA Tour. Right. And like I said, you know, it's, it's a CW's moment to cash in because they got the, the live golf. They got ACC yeah. college football. They're starting ACA, ACC college basketball, both men's and women's. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, this is a big, this is a big moment for them. I mean, because we always saw them as like a second class network, but now they've got the basketball, they've got the football, they've got live golf. Uh, what's next? Yeah, you're right. What is next? Well, I think I think I think I heard midget wrestling was coming to town. So no, uh, but some wrestling is coming to uh, CW. So they're they're making a killing with this, and uh, you know this is this gets their foot in the door as well. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And yeah. and I'll talk more about John Rahm and the Live Golf Tour a bit later in the show. But one thing that's yeah. definitely not going away is the enhanced sports show. On Saturdays, you got Eastern Standard right. Time Zone, between 4 and 6. Even on sick days, he don't call out. So tell us what you got cooking tomorrow. Unless if I'm unconscious or need to be on the hospital. Uh, we're currently we're going to talk about the uh, college football college football uh, bowl, game, bowl games. But I won't be doing all of them tomorrow. It's going to be a two-parter because I can't do all of them the same day because that would take the whole show. Uh, we're going <laughs> to – excuse me. A Heisman review, since the uh, announcement will be made tomorrow after the show. Um, also discuss the championship game of the in-season NBA tournament, a.k.a. the NBA Cup, which will be tomorrow night. For those of you of special interest, uh, we'll take a look at the MLS final, because that's going to be tomorrow during the show. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> um, also got some hot soap news in baseball. And still going as, as we speak. Um, anything else in the NHL? Um, we'll cover some UFC and WWE if we got time. Also, your thoughts and comments. Uh, the ridiculous time of the week. This week in sports history. The feel good story of the week. And there's time sports trivia. Uh, remember that uh, these are the last two shows of the year. After next week, um, we go on uh, we go on holiday break. So if you want to call, call me these next two weeks. I want to finish out 2023 with, you know, very strong. It's been a good year for the show, and I want to end it good. So if you got time tomorrow, four and, between 4 and 6, call 512-543-4662. Or repeat again, 512-543-4662. That's right, folks. The last two shows of the year, and that applies here, too. We have today, and we have next Friday, and that pretty much going to be it for the year two more shows right yeah. that's that's the same for you so basically the 16th is your last show is that right right yeah yes. that's so folks we're on the same schedule i'm glad lou brought that up next friday will be the last show of the entire year and to piggyback what lou said it has been a wonderful year you guys have been doing fantastic with your support we appreciate you but definitely make sure you Support Lou tomorrow, 512-543-4662. Again, that's 512-543-4662. The Enhanced Sports Show. And also, you can catch them on YouTube, Enhanced Sports Show. Yes. Between 4 and 6, you can see them right there on YouTube. But remember, go to YouTube first and then type it in. Otherwise, it just won't work. 
That's right. Make sure you support Lou. He's going to have a great show. Better get it while it's good. I won't be calling in too. And by the way, before I forget, happy Hanukkah to those of those you out there who celebrate. That's right. Happy Hanukkah for those who celebrate Hanukkah. And happy holidays for those who celebrate something other than Christmas, too. Even festivus. Oh, boy. <laughs> I had to pull it. Always a pleasure and always an honor to have Lou join our show. I have to say you are definitely well appreciated and the man. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm glad you're feeling better. It's always a great thing. Yeah. It is. But you have a blessed night and definitely looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, Lou. Thank you. Appreciate you. I'd be pleasure with everyone. Oh boy. Right. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, that's the great Lou from the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow between four and six PM Eastern Santa Time Zone. And we're gonna continue forward to call us here. It's five one six four one eight five five seven two five one six four one eight five five seven two. And yeah, you know, to talk more about that, the forty ers versus the Eagles. I'd have to say I felt as if the 49ers were going to get them this time, and boy, did they. It wasn't really even close. When the 49ers are clicking with all health, it is a completely different team. They have a better team than the Eagles. I hate to say it like that. But the things that concern me is that Jalen for the whole year has not been running much. And he's, I mean, yes, he did get that, that score to win the last game, not the, the 49ers game before, but overall he, I feel as if maybe he's been lifting too much weight with the squats and that has really slowed him down because I understand you want to be a pocket passer, but I hate when people try to be somebody and fit in the mold where they're not. God has gifted you some gifts. Use those. You're not all the same. We're not the same. Jalen Hurts, to me, is a pocket passer who has the great skill of being mobile, meaning if he, if nobody's open, he doesn't have to force it. He can just go ahead and make things happen on the ground. Doesn't happen again. He could do it. Now, he shouldn't just look to run all day long. He should look to get the ball to his playmakers, A.J. Brown. You have a Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. But when the opportunity is there, take it. I feel like he hangs around and holds onto the ball too long and then when he does move he's not moving like he did the year and the year before that he's very slow and sluggish and i attribute that to lifting too much weight lifting all those squats that slows you down folks i don't care who you are slows you down yes you want your legs to be strong but you want to have a good balance with them being strong and not gaining too much muscle mass because that slows you down believe me i know i used to play baseball I wanted to have the fastest 60. They run a 60-yard dash in baseball, but they evaluate you on, not a 40-yard dash like they do in football. I wanted to have the fast speed. And usually every time I showed up at a tryout, I did have the fastest speed. I knew to work on my legs and get them strong, but not build up a lot of muscle mass. It's a fine balance. I feel as if Jalen Hurts, maybe because he's trying to do that tush push too much, it's gotten – it's too much, too much mass on, on the legs. 
and it's slowing him down, and I should I could clearly see it. Having said that, speaking of touch push, I see that you know it's becoming a hassle for the Eagles talking about the touch push. I was thinking about banning it. I can't say I'm surprised. I said that a lot of times, not hating on the Eagles, but I do feel as if that play should be banned. There's quarterback sneaks and there's this touch push. There's too much weight in the center of the field. It's not an athletically pleasing play. Yes, the Eagles run it better than anyone else, but it is a play that I look at that is very dangerous. It's just a matter of time by somebody, unfortunately, going to get caught underneath that pile and hurt themselves because you're starting below a guy's knee. It is, is dangerous. It's, to me, it's a safety concern. More than anything, I'm not hating on the success rate. It has been successful. And you could see the 49ers do their thing. It won't matter if they do that tush push if you are the, clearly the better team. My issue is the safety about it. It is, I've said it several times before, and I'll say it again if you're a new listener, that play should be banned because it is, you're starting below the guy's knees and you're lunging forward and someone's pushing behind you. It's too much force and weight, especially the guys that are in the middle of that pile. A, a quarterback sneak is a little different because a quarterback sneak, you don't know if he's going to go to the left, he's going to go to the right, he's going to look for a seam and usually dive in there. You know, where versus you starting at below the guy's knees. So, yeah, the Eagles have perfected it. I'm not knocking that, but it is it is a play that should be banned. If you're really as great as you are, then you should learn to do some other plays. Period. Period. Can't keep going to the well so many times. After, you know, with anything that's successful – in life, I, I understand the Eagles thing. We, we run it better than anyone else in the league. Yes, you do run it better than anyone else in the league. But no matter how successful you are in any business, you have to be willing to change things up. Look at any successful business. They don't stay the same. They change things up. And that's the way it goes in business. And the Eagles need to do that. They need to change things up. We're going to switch gears and talk about the Chiefs versus the Packers. You know what? It did not surprise me that the Packers beat the Chiefs, and I'll explain to you why. The Chiefs, to me, this year have not been nowhere near the elite team that we're used to seeing. This, in part and parcel, has to do with quite a few things. Number one, letting Tyreek Hill go was a big hit to the Chiefs. No matter what, you know, what happened is in this situation, Mahomes had two definitely reliable sources he can go to. A, for the deep ball or quick route, you can go to Tyreek. Anytime you need a go-to guy too, you can go right to Travis. Well, now half of that is gone. So if Travis is tied up, he's throwing it to another receiver that is quite a bit of a step below those two guys. Not trying to take a knock against them, but it is a fact that collectively as a unit, the Chiefs have the most drops in the league. Mahomes has been putting the passes right there and guys have been dropping it. So that's one aspect. 
because of the fact that guys are dropping it and not making things happen, what it's doing is it's putting Patrick Mahomes in a situation where he has to kind of force throws to get where he's maybe shouldn't throw it. He has to force it. So that has affected their whole game right there. Not having uh, Tyreek and also the fact that collectively guys are just dropping balls. I mean, it didn't surprise me that the Packers won this game. And (laughs) it, it didn't surprise me at all. And the Chiefs better figure it out quickly. Otherwise, they're not going to repeat. And to be real with you, I don't see them repeating. I mean, it's not impossible, but they're going to have to get hot. And at this point in the, the season, I don't know if you can do that because it's you are what you are as as the weeks go and go by, are what you are. You're a team that if things line up, you guys will catch the ball and you'll win the game. But week after week, it's showing that those drops are going to continue to stick around. Those big catches that you need to cinch, to clinch a game, it's not, it's not guaranteed. There's so much some slippage. And even that, having said that, as much as I think Travis Kelsey is a baller, he has been kind of like up and down this year. He's been up and down. It's a fact. <laughs> Taylor Swift is there. He plays a lot better. But now, I guess he's getting used to her. He's dropped a couple of easy passes when she was in the stands. I mean, even that's not even like getting it done. So, the Chiefs, I wouldn't bet against them yet. They still have Mahomes. Still the number one quarterback in the league. They still have Andy Reid, number one coach in the league. Travis Kelsey, still the number one tight end in the league. And the number one center. I mean, you know, his brother's number one center, but he doesn't play for them. But you know what? It's not it's not over yet for the Chiefs, but they need to figure it out quick and they need to figure it out quickly. So n- another thing um that I did want to bring up is Jalen Carter made a statement in response to a sports reporter taking a dig at him on social media. And that, you know, the reporter that he took a dig at you know, Jalen Carter decided to go ahead and take a dig at his wife. He basically said, yikes, at a picture. You know, first of all, you know, the reporter put a picture of Jalen Carter getting burnt on a play. Jalen Carter's reports is he put yikes and he put a picture of him and his wife. I'll say it like this, man. I thought it was low. He even said himself, he goes low, they go low, I go lower. Look. Just because somebody does something unflattery to you, just because someone takes a dig at you, just because someone maybe go as far as they insult you on social media, you don't have to respond to everything somebody does that's negative. If somebody goes in a gutter to say something to diss you, you don't have to respond to someone going in a gutter to diss you. Just ignore it. That shows you have emotional intelligence. That shows that you're not going to go down and let pettiness determine who you are. Believe me and you, as a top performer, people used to take digs at me. 
Did I go in the gutter to try to get back even with them all the time? No. No. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my energy. It's a waste of my effort. And it's a cycle because you start spending time trying to flex yourself back. And then before you know it, you have to end up apologizing. And it, Or if, if not, it's just you have to deal with all the side drama because people don't agree with you and feel as if you went too far. And that's what happened. Bringing his wife into the picture who had nothing to do with it, he went too far. And you actually do owe him and his wife an apology because you went too far with it. You got burnt on the play. Let's just call it for what it is. You got burnt. Okay, yes, it wasn't cool what he said, meaning it didn't make you look in a flattery way, but it still doesn't negate the fact that you got burnt on the play. I mean, come on, man. You got burnt. You don't want someone dissing you on social media because you got burnt? Then don't get burnt. Or at least learn from it. Don't go ahead and diss the guy's wife. Come on, man. Nothing to do with it. Nothing. It's going low. Even for Jalen Carter, who says he's going low, that's just too low, man. Just come on. Have thick skin. Let it roll off your back. All right, he said that. Yeah, I shouldn't have got burnt in that play, but it is what it is. Let's keep it moving. That's my thoughts. Don't waste time, energy, and effort trying to get even with these people. And speaking of wife, <laughs> you never know when a wife is going to come and help you out and she's going to be correct. Chris Godman's wife called out Todd Bowles and she brought receipts, folks. She brought receipts. I had to tell you, man, she made a magnificent point. See, this is the type of stuff I love because she brought up a point that you could not argue because she stated facts. She showed facts. She showed the receipts. Basically, Todd Bowles was, Coach Todd Bowles was basically stating that we wanted to kind of take it easy on Chris because he's been banged up a not. He's been nicked up. So we wanted to, you know, not give him an opportunity to get so many balls this past weekend. And she said, no, if you look at all his numbers and you look at all his routes, you basically did the exact same number as you did weeks prior to. Like he ran the same amount of plays in versus plays out. You just decided not to use him. So she basically called him out and called him a liar. And then he kind of said, well, we got to make sure we get him involved. Look, Chris Godwin is a baller. You have to get him involved. You have to get Mike Evans involved. You have to get all of your playmakers involved. Period. You got to get him involved. You got to get your whole offense. You got guys. The main thing is with the Bucks, you have to give the ball to your playmakers and let them make the plays for you. You got to get Chris, you know, Chris Godwin. And unfortunately, I agree with Chris. Godwin's, I'm not. Unfortunately, I should say I agree with his wife. His wife made a magnificent point. You couldn't even argue. That's how you do it. Show the receipts. Bring the receipts. To me, I said it before and I'll say it again. I think the Bucks are a middle-of-the-pack team, meaning 
things can line up for them and they can play really, really well and beat probably above average team. They're not in the elite. They're not in the Chiefs. They're not an Eagles team. They're not the 49ers. They're not the Ravens. They're a step below. So if you if they don't use every single weapon that's available to them, they're not going to usually win in most cases. And they barely beat <laughs> they barely beat Carolina, who just got a new coach, and we won't go into all the issues they have. So the Bucks still have a chance to make it. They have to go ahead and kind of run the table from this point, if but they can still make it. And speaking of the Bucks, you know, Mike Evans, congratulations to him. We're reaching over 10,000 yards. That pretty much, you know, punches ticket to, K- to Canton, Ohio. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he should be. Mike Evans should be a first ballot Hall of Famer because he is. He's got the longevity. He's got a ring. He's got the stats. He definitely deserves to be a first battle Hall of Famer. However, I will say this much. Taking away the last game he played, I feel as if Mike Evans has had an okay year. And that sounds crazy to say that, but he's dropped quite a few balls this year that were like easy type catches. And even he had to like shake his head. I feel as if because the Bucks didn't give him that contract, I think psychologically it messed up his playing ability this year. Not to say that he doesn't deserve to go to Canton. He is a Hall of Famer, but I will say he has shown his age a bit, and indirectly he's been showing his frustration with the Bucks. And could this have been handled better on both sides? Yes, it could have been handled better on both sides. You know, I would love for him to finish his career as a buck. Hopefully they haven't burned any bridges and that could still be done. But I would say that if the Bucks don't want to give Mike Evans a big contract this past year, I don't, you know, Taking aside his milestones, per se, but looking at the body of work that's been happening this year, you would have to decide with the Bucks. You you know, Mike Evans has dropped quite a few passes this year. Yes, he's had a ball a game last week, and yes, he's had some stellar moments, but I think overall, not only dropping balls, he's been gassed a lot, like he's out of shape. He run a route, he wants to come out where Mike Evans before would be running routes like crazy. He almost never would come out when they're within the goal line, but that's what you get now. Now, if he gets a big play and he gets them down to the red zone, he's going to, he's going to tap out, pay attention to it. You know, he makes a 20 yard catch and gets him into the red zone. He's going to, you know, put his, he's going to give those two fingers up. He was coming out. He's showing like he, an old, old man. Then when you see him, he starts getting gassed a lot. So, yes, Mike Evans is a baller, but these are the reasons why they sometimes, why contracts and why players don't end off, you know, going down that path of just beautiful grass, green grass into Canton because of these things. You get older, 
your production goes down, you don't see it, you're still thinking about the glory days, and you don't see what's happening today at your feet. At your feet right now, Mike Evans is, is you know, not the Mike Evans that we're used to seeing. I mean, he's still great, but if you take away the last game he had, yeah, he, he's been, been, there's been some slippage there, and it's noticeable, I'll put it like that. So definitely, he's going to be in Canton, but I'm not going to lie to you. I've been, I've been watching this game, and you could, you could see the mileage. But regardless of where it ends up, you're going to see a bust from Mike Evans, and he deserves it. Congratulations. So we're going to talk about the in the NBA, LeBron James and the Udaka incident. For those who don't know, they were drawn back and forth. Another thing that came to light, people don't realize that Udaka had a technical foul already. So regardless of what he said, he was going to get ejected on the next technical. LeBron had no technical foul, so he got a technical two, which you're allowed to have two. So the question is, why did this happen? Well, this is what happens when somebody doesn't like you or is jealous of you. As time goes on, if you give it more time, sometimes it's immediately. Sometimes you don't see it immediately. Sometimes it takes time for it to unravel and bring, come to for, to the foresight. But M.A. Adaka, he's, he's jealous of LeBron. Let's just call it what it is. LeBron has had his way with him as a player. And now as a coach. So now here's an opportunity for Daka to go ahead and take a dig with LeBron when he was within ears length. And he took it. He took it. He took it and ran. The crux of this is really because he's jealous of LeBron. And also LeBron has been getting the better of him. And you could clearly see this is what happened. So when people are jealous of you, they can cover it up for a while, but eventually it's going to come to light. If somebody doesn't like you, they can, again, fake it for a while, but eventually at some point, the wheels are going to fall off the wagon. And that's what happened. You know, it's it, he knows that LeBron is, you know, got the better of him, and he took it. And who was at fault? M.A. Adaka was at fault. You were clearly at fault. You did not have to go Say what you said. Ref kind of gave you an opportunity to shut up. You kept going back at it. You already had a technical foul. You should be a leader. You should know that you have a technical foul already. You cannot get two because that type of behavior is not indicative of what a coach should do. Remember, you're a leader. You got to lead by example. If you had a player that had a technical foul, you wouldn't want him to keep joining so he'd get kicked out of the game and he'd end up losing the game. So, yes. Emi Adaka was at fault. Clearly. And he should be actually happy he's on the sidelines coaching. I mean, we all I'm not gonna go into his his uh history, but we all know what's going on, what happened, and there's plenty of criticism available there. But yeah. Yeah. You you know, you lucky to be back. I mean, let's call for what it is. You know, definitely, but Regardless of what people think or feel about LeBron James, 
I'm going to tell you again, LeBron James is one of the GOATs to ever play basketball. No, he's not Michael Jordan. He will never be Michael Jordan. Okay, he's not going to be, he's not going to be Michael Jordan. And there's no knock on that. It's just Michael Jordan has been perfection. It's just hard for you to be perfection. And I do think LeBron James is going to have a different legacy than LeBron. I'm sorry, than uh, Michael Jordan. There's nothing wrong with that. So the thing about it is he's going to be on Mount Rushmore. I mean, you know, he's in year 21, still balling. That's not easy to do, folks. With all the jumping you have to do, all the banging against guys, especially the way he drives to the basket, that is showing a lot as far as his worth ethic, motivation, stamina. You know, when you get up there, even if it's not physical, it's mental too. That's a mental grind to be playing a sport for 21 plus years, not 21 plus years, 21 years just in the NBA. He's been playing ball for since a kid and even doing something that you're great at for that many years is not easy. It's not easy. So I give him a lot of credit. So the thing about it is you got to, you got to understand that LeBron James is, is definitely something to a force to be reckoned with. So definitely when it comes to one of the goats, LeBron James is one of the goats of the league. And that's, that's just the bottom line. And what we're going to do now is take a little break. We're going to play a Sam Scola song. It's going to be definitely a great tune for you guys. And sports theme song by Sam Scola. Again, like I said, Sam Scola did all the great tunes for our show here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. If you're in need of a go-to songwriter, somebody that's going to bring you something that's going to be uplifting, make, make you put a smile on your face, Definitely reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, and we will put you in connection with Sam Scola to get him that big record deal. He's wanting it. We want to make it happen. So this is another great tune by Sam Scola, sports theme song. We're going to go ahead and take a little break here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, but don't worry. The fun is going to come back. I'm going to talk more about the John Rahm and his live golf deal. Did he make the right decision and what long-term ramification this might have? Then after then, we're going to talk a bit about boxing, the Amazon and PBC deal, and much, much more in the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So here is the sports theme song. I'm going to be right back. Take down this number in the meantime, 516-418-5572, 516-5572. Like your opinion be heard about any topic, please let me know. But here's a sports theme song by Sam Scola.
Sam Scola's sports team song. Don't forget to reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So, yes, as I called it, as I predicted, folks, John Rahm officially signed his deal with Live Golf, as I predicted and as I called it. Did John Rahm make the right decision? Absolutely, positively, he made the right decision. I mean, he got somewhere in the neighborhood of what they said was between 450 million or 600 million dollars i mean i mean that's just congratulations to john rob sealing that deal yeah i mean he did the right thing because look john rob is one of the elite players on the pga tour now he's going to live golf there's no guarantee in golf golf is a hard game so you might be the man for a stretch of period of time, which he has been. It's no guarantee that it's going to be forever. So you better take the getting while the getting is good. And you're still playing golf. It's on another circuit, another tour. You know, you get to wear shorts. You get to chill out. And I know people in America like to paint, you know, a bad picture on the Saudis. But there's plenty of negativity here in the States. And not only that. Not everybody in Saudi is is mean or bad. I look at them as having, you know, liking nice things. There's nothing wrong with taking an opportunity that's an offer you can't refuse. I mean, hey, if somebody's offering you an opportunity of that type of massive number, not even the it's just it's too great of an opportunity to pass down. Not everybody is in a Tiger Woods situation where you have a billion dollars and somebody's offering you 600, 700, 800 million dollars where you do have the potential of turning it down. John Rahm is a fantastic golfer, but you know, he, he's not Tiger Woods, you understand? So, and even Tiger Woods, as loyal as he is to the PGA Tour, I mean, not everybody's going to have that type of loyalty. That's just the way it is. Not everybody looks at things the way you do. I was on a recent panel, and we had to basically look at a situation and making a judgment. And it was kind of like a, a mock trial, I'm not getting into too many details about it. But I'll just say that out of 12, 15 people, you would think that after looking at all the facts, it's pretty clear cut of what it should be. Everybody had great points. And yes, we did collectively agree on a situation, but we didn't unanimously type agree. We all had different points of views and different perspectives. So not the point I got from that was we can all be looking at the same facts, but it doesn't mean that everybody perceives those facts the exact same way. And I know Tiger Woods is very loyal to the PGA Tour, I, although I don't think that loyalty, I think that's waning now. You know, I feel like he's he's hurt because of all the changes that the PGA Tour is doing. I definitely feel as if he's hurt by the competitive live golf. And the reason why I feel as if he's hurt is because it hurts Tiger Woods' legacy in a way that, yes, Tiger Woods is the man, 
But people don't look at the PGA Tour as the end-all, be-all, meaning if you look at the PGA Tour right now, it doesn't have the best golfers on it. I mean, that's just a fact. You don't have the best golfers in the world playing for the PGA Tour. Johnson is gone. John Rahm is gone. Even Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, doesn't mean that they're going to win all the time. And they're not Tiger Woods, but they can put it together for an event and win. And if they put it together for an event and win, guess what? That's more competition for you. Do you know what I mean? When all of these guys were all on the same tour, it was more fierce to win. Now it's spread out. It's kind of like it's not a monopoly anymore. And I know people are not looking at the PGA Tour with the same eye like they did before live golf. That's just a fact. So it does indirectly hurt, I feel, Tiger Woods' legacy because, you know, he's been loyal to this tour. Guys taking a big check to go across the pond and do other things, you know, and they're great golfers that are on that side. So John Robb made the right decision. And what long-term ramifications might this entail? The only long-term ramification it might entail it's not for John Rahm, it's for the PGA Tour and other guys going on to live golf. That's the long-term ramification. To me, it's very clear that live golf is not going anywhere. And as time goes on, it's going to be more and more accepted. And I'm going to be real with you. I held off on, on doing some events for live golf because it was kind of fresh. It was new. I didn't know what to expect. And not only that, it had this negative persona, this negative image in the beginning I don't feel that way now. So I feel like next year, expect me to probably do some live golf events. I'll do some PGA events too, but I feel like I wouldn't just say no because it's live golf. I'll put it like that. I think you should always be open-minded when it comes to situations and you shouldn't be ethnocentric. Ethnocentric is a big word. Ethnocentric means you should not look at things like your way is the only way and the best way. And because people don't see it that way, there's something wrong with them. And, you know, your way of life, your way of living is slam dunk better than everyone else. But I, you know, you don't have an open mind to see other people and where they're coming from, what they do, their cultures. So John Rahm you know, he did the right thing by taking that deal. And I expected him to take the deal, and I, I, I'm not surprised at all. And then we're going to go ahead and talk some boxing. It was actually a lot of boxing news that has happened this week. So give boxing a round of applause because usually boxing is usually, you know, pretty much status quo, nothing really changing. This week, I'll go into it. A lot has happened for the positive. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, boxing signed a mega deal with Amazon and PBC, premier boxing champions. They signed a deal where now you're going to see boxing on Amazon. That is fantastic. That is just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for boxing and Amazon and PBC. So another round of applause for them. I think it's a smart move because 
you know, now that Showtime's going away, it's harder to get to see PBC now. And they usually have very good fighters and very good matches. So that's amazing. I'm, I'm curious to see what the lineup's going to look like. If they're going to have it available on prime days and just like Thursday night, we're going to see. But one thing did happen that came to light was Sean Porter discussed during the Oscar Duarte fight, that's against Ryan Garcia, he mentioned, quote, unquote, fighters do not train to get knocked out. So they don't know how to manage. Basically, that part I put in, they don't know how to manage the situation if they get knocked down. So basically, they train to fight and be a warrior, but they never basically get the insight on what they should actually do if they find themselves on the canvas or get a gut check, you know, gut punch, or you get knocked down. It's not in their thought process, so the trainers don't even discuss that. To me, that's a mistake on, how should I say, the culture of boxing. There's nothing wrong with you and your trainer talking about what if. That actually makes you a better fighter. You know, as a top performer, myself, talking about myself, you know, in sales for many, many years, one of the great things that I had was I had a great, I've had some great supervisors. And usually when me and my supervisor are very close, we talk about what if scenarios. What if can be usually great things that happen, but what if scenarios also could mean if this happens, meaning not so flattery things happen, what should we do, me and my supervisor or me in particular, what we should do if that situation arises, that is being proactive. That is being smart. That is actually what you need to know. Your coach and trainer should talk about what you should do just in case this happens in the ring. Even if it's not something good, hit you with a great body shot that forced you to take a knee. You get hit with a good right hook. You get hook, hook, hit with an uppercut that stuns you, you get knocked down, what you should do. He said that they don't talk about that. Well, here on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show, me, Alan Alfred, is going to do what trainers don't do. And I'm going to explain to you what you should professionally do in the event you're in a boxing match and you get knocked. This includes getting hit with a body punch, uppercut, right hook, jab, whatever it is. What you should do. I'm going to break that down for you right now in the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. What you should do if you get knocked down in a boxing match is you should, number one, do not get right back up. I repeat, do not get right back up. It's already scored a knockdown. Regardless of what you do, let's say you don't get knocked down anymore in that round. It's going to be scored as a 10-8 round. That's just the facts, and that's just the reality. The past tense is it's the 10-8 round. Having said that, you want to put yourself in the best position to still win this fight. So it doesn't help you to get up at the count of three or four because still are going to be woozy. You're still not going to be fully recovered. You might show that, oh, you didn't hurt me, your machismo, whatever. But the reality is, you're down on points. It's a 10-8 round. If, if the ref starts counting, it's a 10-8 round. Period. You can't get that back. 
and you can't get right back up and say, I wasn't hurt. It doesn't matter. It's a 10-8 round. So having said that, don't get up at three or four. Take your time and get up at the count of seven. When he counts at seven, get up. When I say get up, don't get up like you're an old 80-plus-year-old old man who, you know, you know those people. We've seen them. You know, of course, 80 is different from different people. You could be 80 years old and very nimble, but I'm talking about, like, you know, taking your time like you got sweet time and all the time in the world. You're retired. You don't have to move fast. Get up at 7 with some authority, with a sense of urgency. Get up at 7. When you get up at 7, the reason why you want to do this is you want to give yourself more time to clear the cogwebs. You want to give yourself a better opportunity to come back. No sense rushing. It's hurting yourself to rush and get to get up. Let's say you're still woozy and you get up at four. Well, now you're still woozy and you're fighting. You might get knocked down again. If you waited just a little bit more, give yourself two or three more seconds, you may have been able to kind of catch yourself at seven. Get up at seven with some authority. When the ref looks at you, do you wish to continue? You nod your head yes, and you say, yes, ref. Nod your head yes, and say it. That's showing that you're using your motor skills up and down with your head, and you're verbalizing. You're making it very clear to the ref that you wish to continue. Yes, yes, sir, I would like to continue. I wish to continue. And nod your head yes while you're saying it. Yes, I wish to continue. Yes. This way... There is no controversy of whether you wanted to continue. He's going to wipe down your gloves. He's going to ask you. He might ask you to take a step to the left, take a step to the left, take a step to the right, whatever he asks you, comply. But remember, I said get up at seven with a sense of urgency. And guess what? That would pretty much alleviate controversy. What I won't use the word P, but what really enrages me and upsets me as a boxing fan and somebody who also covers boxing is guys being disingenuous and getting up at the count of nine or nine and a half. And they say, I beat the 10 count, but the ref called it. It is extremely, I agree with what the reporters said ringside is extremely disingenuous to me, extremely disingenuous. And not only that, it's disrespectful to the sport, it's disrespectful to the ref, it's disrespectful to the fans because, to me, you didn't really want to get up. And Oscar Duarte didn't really want to get up. The ref, I mean, the ref made it so clear that he was giving him every opportunity to continue to fight. He literally was putting the fingers in his face. He was, like, counting in his face, directly in his face, like, Usually, you don't see refs get that close. My man was usually, if he would have just moved his finger just a little bit, he would have poked him in the eye. That's how, how, how close he was. Oscar Duarte, man, you didn't want to get up. You, you got up at nine and a half. Come on, man. Nine and a half. Not even nine. You got up at nine and a half. And you're like, oh, I will. it's a way for you to deflect the fact that you didn't want to give up and you trying to put the accountability on the ref. You didn't want to continue. So what you do is you deflect. And not and Oscar Duarte, I'm, I'm going hard on him, but to be real, I, I see this so many times in boxing. It's tired already. 
you as a boxer did not really want to continue. So you get up at nine, nine and a half, maybe right at 10. And you say, no, 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 it's the ref's fault why he called it. I wanted to continue, but it's the ref who messed up. It ain't the ref who messed up. It's you who messed up. You didn't want to continue. So I just laid it out for you. Get up at seven with a sense of urgency. Say, yes, I wish to continue. Nod your head up and down, yes. And you won't have any controversy. You will always get your fight continued. Boxers need to stop being disingenuous. Stop getting up at nine, eight, eight and a half. Then one, then questioning, oh, the ref, the ref. You know, they jump it up and down, the ref, the ref. It ain't the ref, man. The ref got a job to protect you from yourself. And if you don't show the ref in his opinion, in his view that you're really serious about continuing, he's going to call the fight. And not only that, if you're getting up that close to 10, it's now you're leaving it for interpretation. You're putting it in a subjective point of view. One thing about me that I'll give you another tip is in order for me to be a top performer as far as sales, I did not want to be in the gray area. I wanted to alleviate that. So if they say, hey, you have to do this certification with each customer, I would do two or three just to make sure that it's not subjective. Because if I did one, I always felt as if, hey, you know, you might find a way to kind of look at it in a different way where I really didn't do the one. But if I do two or three, I've taken that argument off the table. In order for you to show that you're the GOAT, you take arguments off the table. You rip up this argument. It's kind of like people put on these post-it notes of why you're not the GOAT. You got to look at each one of them and rip them up and make it clear that who's the GOAT. Take the argument off the table. Get up at seven with a sense of urgency. Yes, I want to continue. Nod your head and say it emphatically to the ref. I guarantee you, you do it that way, the fight's going to continue. Don't get up at eight. Don't get up at nine. Definitely don't get up at nine and a half like Arsco Duarte did and then complain to the ref. The ref stopped the fight prematurely, then go to the media. You did not want to continue. Ryan Garcia got in your butt. Just call for what it is. Stop trying to be disingenuous, man. I hate it when boxers do that. It's frustrating. It's disrespectful to the fight. It's disrespectful to the fans. You didn't want to continue. Stop jumping up and down. Because the ref called the fight at 10. He's supposed to count at 10. Again, don't make any subject matter that you want to be successful subjective. And I'm, I'm glad Sean Porter said what he said because I thought boxing trainers would discuss this. This is important detail. It's just like in football where you tell your team, don't create silly penalties. Don't get personal foul penalties that can hurt us. You should discuss these things behind closed doors or one-on-one coaching session because they're very important. Because if you don't discuss it, you're assuming your, your boxer already knows these things or he's just going to figure it out. Well, he may not do what you assume he's going to do. That's why you coach and you train these things. I would tell my boxer, hey, man, I got you winning. you my guy. However, as a coach... And your trainer, I don't look over any details. I want to make sure you're well prepared. Because if you're not well prepared, it's on me. So, 
We're not planning for you to get knocked out in this fight or any other fight. But muscle memory and talking about things makes you a better fighter. If you get knocked down, stay down. I'll repeat. I'll recap this for you folks. If you get knocked down, don't get up at three. Don't get up at four. Don't get up at five. Stay down. Give yourself a break. It's already a 10-8 round. Doesn't matter. Why I try to show you machismo? It doesn't make sense. Get the cogwebs out. Get up at seven. Get up at seven with a sense of urgency. Look the ref right in the eye. Say, yes, I want to continue and nod your head. Yes, because now you're speaking it and you're using your head. Think about it. You say it right now. Yes. And you nod your head. You have to use your motor skills. Be firm in saying that, yes, I would like to continue. I guarantee you your fight will, in 99% of the time, will continue. And there you go. I just gave you free advice on the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. I just discussed something that no other boxing trainer ever discussed. So I don't want to see a guy jumping up and down like he is a gorilla from the zoo who just got a banana at the count of 10. Go ahead and chill out. I've just gave you a coaching session of what to do in a boxing match. And shame on, shame on all the other boxing trainers for not talking to their, their guy about this. You're not planning to get knocked out, but you have to discuss in case it does happen, this is what you do. Hey, watch that movie, The Rock. There's a scene where the guy goes, hey, you need to make sure you have this medication and have it handy and ready. We're not planning for you to use it, but just in case you do need to use it, you need to take this medicine and you have to, you know, you have to watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but you have to take this medicine. And he explains how you take it too. He's covering all his bases. He's discussing the what if scenario. Great coaches, great boxers. They know what to do in the what if. And Amanda Serrano vacated her WC title belt. The reason being because she had fought, actually not too far from here, right in Orlando. She fought a three-minute round, first round. This is what boxing does. They do something great, then they take it away with two steps back. She did something great, and she had fought a three-minute round and won. You know, three-minute every single round, first time ever in female boxing. Two months later, a month and a half, two months later, she's giving away the WBC belt because boxing will not approve a three-minute round. And what they said was it's because of safety reasons. They don't want to go from two minutes for the females to three minutes. They don't want to do that because it feels if it's a safety concern. And that's what the position is. And she's upset about it because she wants to change the rules to kind of fit her because she wants to fight a three-minute round. And I even had, you know, the great super bad Sinisa Estrada on my show, and she wanted the three-minute round, too. So she's not unanimous in that, Amanda Serrano. Super bad Estrada does want it, too. And congratulations, super bad Sinisa, super bad Estrada, because she just had, I just even shared her on my story on Instagram, just had a video game made of her. So <laughs> I had the pleasure of interviewing her. Now she got video games of her. So props to Sinisa, super bad Estrada. Congratulations on that. That's wonderful. 
okay, my thoughts on this is this. You know, because of the fact that he did say it's for safety reasons, I would have to look at some more data to really kind of negate what he's saying. But the reality is men are built differently than women. You know, I, I get this about equality. I get it. There's certain things in life are just not going to be equal. A guy's body is built differently than a female's body. Not to say one is better than the other. They're just different. Having said that, I would have to hold my opinion on who do I agree with on this until I got more data. What are the numbers saying on neurological concussions when a, a female boxer goes three rounds? What is the numbers saying? What are the tendencies if you do go to three rounds when it comes to females and getting knocked out and long-term repercussions? So I know emotionally Amanda wants to get approved for three minutes and Super bad, Sinisa Estrada agreed with her with the three minutes, but you know he probably has more access to numbers, and I would have to dig more deeper into those numbers before I can formulate an opinion. If the numbers are favoring what he's saying as far as safety, I'm the type of guy that leans on safety and longevity. I'd rather have a female fight two-minute rounds that will not impact neurologically them or physically, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So I would have to circle back on giving an opinion on this because of that. One thing about me is I like to look at the facts. And I heard both sides of the story, like as far as his side and their, their side. If the numbers and data are pointing, which I'm going to keep a look into this, I need more time to get that research and data. If the numbers and data are backing what he's saying as far as safety, then yeah, I would have to agree with him. If there is no real evidence that supports what he's saying, then yeah, I would be open to hear a three-minute round. I mean, to me, women's boxing is entertaining with a two-minute round or three-minute. I feel as if women's boxing has come worlds from where it was. So even if they don't move it up to three minutes, it's been it's been wonderful for the women. In fact, all the women boxers and the women that are doing big things in boxing deserve a round of applause. So yeah, you know, it's unfortunate she had to give up her belt. I feel as if she was going to get it stripped anyway because it was quote unquote unsanctioned to what the WBC commissioner is saying, so she's going to lose it anyway. They're going to take it away from her. We've seen that already in boxing, a la Terrence Crawford. And that's the thing. You know, boxing has no problem stripping belts. <laughs> We've seen that play itself out so many times. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some more research and try to see if I can get Amanda Serrano as well as commissioner on board to give more of their side from their mouth to my ears. So definitely look forward to that. I'm looking forward to covering more and more boxing too in the new year, since we are coming to the next show, which will be the last show of 2023. Can't believe it's gone by that fast. Expect some big, big things in 2024. I mean, 2023 has been a fantastic year. I'll go ahead and give more of a recap next week. 
but I'd have to say I really appreciate all of your support. It's been fantastic. All of the athletes, coaches, trainers, definitely people who give insight and it's been fantastic. Check out the great interview I did with Jeff Howell, College Sports Recruiting. If you haven't seen so already, check that out. Thank you to Jeff Howell. It's been a phenomenal 2023 for the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. And you guys, much more to come. I'll talk more about that next week. But it has been fantastic. I can't believe it's next year's next show is the last one of 2023. A lot of great things coming on in the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I appreciate your support. One person I definitely appreciate is our show sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So make sure you guys check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce right here in Tampa, 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. And if you can't visit them there, check them out at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. It's the holiday season, folks. You can give yourself somebody a great gift. Give them a four-pack of Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Can't go wrong with that. So make sure you do that. We're going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. And don't forget, if you need that go-to songwriter, Sam Scola, reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We'll make that happen. Really appreciate Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary. So let me go ahead and play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. And I'll be right back with you here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. Classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. 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 So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Make sure you check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Check them out. Get it in time for the holidays. So that brings us to the end of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show for this Friday. Really appreciate Lou calling in. Really appreciate your support. Really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. And we're going to end the show off with the Sam Scola end of the show song. Before we do that, if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and 
follow us on YouTube. Just type in Alan Alford, A-L-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D, A-L-F-O-R-D. Yep, and just Alan Alford right there on YouTube. You'll find it there. And at the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alan Alford. And definitely appreciate you guys looking and definitely listening to the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Really appreciate you all. In the meantime, happy holidays. Be blessed. Be well. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you at the Friday night. Same bat times. Same bat channel. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Take care. Be blessed. Be well. Have a good night. just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.